Hello and welcome to Ashes of the Imperium, a 40k podcast from sunny England. My name is Dan. And I'm Steve. Join us as we explore the 41st millennium in all its glory, as we talk narrative gaming, Warhammer lore and awesome hobby. From the grim dark corners of Imperial Hives to the outer reaches of Xenos infested space. Welcome to the Ashes of the Imperium. Welcome to episode 52 of Ashes of the Imperium. My name is Dan and I'm joined as ever by my trusty sidekick. You're not really a sidekick, are you, Steve? You're more of a kind of equal partner. <laughs> but Side- Sidekick makes you sound like some sort of, like I'm some sort of supervillain. <laughs> yes, master. <laughs> anyway, I am joined by Steve as ever, regardless of proportion of uh, responsibility for evil schemes. And today we are going to be uh, following on from yesterday's, yesterday's, last week's, whatever it was. <laughs> I lose track of time. Uh, last heat. episode, it is the heat, last episode's uh, discussions about Steve's crusade force, the Talon, which went down rather well. We had a, had lots of positive feedback about it on. So, so thank you listeners for writing in and, and, and all that jazz. Um, yep. Steve, you were also corrected by someone, weren't you? Yes, Neil from Twitter. Um, in a very nice way, he suggested that uh, my number maths wasn't working and I wasn't going to be able to fit um, six ball grins in a chimera, even with a brief rack and a trailer. So um, we had a nice long chat about that, which was great. And the decision is the best option, of course, is a Stormlord. I mean, that, that would be my go-to. Not take less Ogrins or Bulgrins. No. It would be to take a bigger tank. Exactly. Exactly. You've got your priorities the right way around. <laughs> so, um, in the last episode, uh, we was talking about, you know, I, I think I kept on using the phrase next week. And obviously I meant next fortnight because it has been two weeks. Um, and we are, are talking about my Astra Militarum Force slash my kind of Chaos Renegades. Yes. Yes. So um, your uh half of our battle which is going to be our uh keep calm and crusade on yeah absolutely uh, so just a word on sound quality and um, if you can hear any rustling um or or a slight uh, difference in the sound quality on today's episode um if you are in the uk you are probably going through a similar heat wave uh, than we are down in the south of england uh so it's absolutely boiling and the usual ashes hq uh, at my end is uh, is my little hobby loft conversion and uh, as you can imagine being on the the second floor of the house it gets incredibly hot like swelteringly so so uh, i have i'm conducting this uh, podcast recording from the, the comfort of my sofa downstairs in the living room on, a, on my gaming headset so i hope that our voices are still as our dulcet tones are pleasing to thine ears as uh, as they usually are. Exactly, exactly. Sounds good for me. So I'll so, so kick off. Really, then. your episode today. Yeah, yeah. I get the big boy chair. Exactly. I'm I'm lounging. I'm lounging on my sofa now. I quite like this actually. It's oh, quite relaxed. All right. So we'll, we'll kick off then. So um, do you have a, a a title? Do we have a project name? Just something to call it. Give it a name. Uh, so I guess before we go into the name, we should kind of talk about um, where the project has started from, because that kind of informs the name. Okay. Or lack of. So, <laughs> so the um, the initial thought was to create a Gene Steeler cult ash up army that was going to be. So I, I've always wanted to do a Renegade Guard project. Yep. Um, and that was always the intent, but the idea was that it was going to be a, G- a chaos Gene cult. Uh, so, however, that was going to work. Whether it was, um, am I using the infection of chaos as a kind of, you know, like a, a similar metaphor to the infection of Gene Steeler cults and just running chaos models using GSC roles, or am I going to? Are they Gene Steeler cultists? You know, with the infection of the Tyranids, but with chaos boons and blessings you know so i hadn't quite worked that all out and there was a uh, gene stealer cult in the existing law called the cult tenebrous okay explain that a bit more well tenebra is uh, latin for shadow so the shadow cult uh, which um which sounds pretty cool but uh, the cult tenebrous was a, a gene stealer cult that was corrupted by chaos and um specifically uh, the the god of plagues himself, old uh, Papa, Papa Nurgle. Uh, so essentially, the Gene cults uh, went into a warp storm, got, uh, just sort of stranded on the uh, on the outskirts outskirts of the God of Nurgle in the realm of chaos, and they kind of 
you know, came back into reality or were all sickly and stuff. So that was the kind of little law snippet that had me thinking, okay, well, what does a gene set of cult that has been infected with chaos look like? You know, this one's been infected by Nurgle, but I didn't really want to go down um, a an infected through infection kind of if that's not too too uh, too much use of the same word but kind of, i didn't want to go down a kind of literal infection nurgle route i kind of wanted it to be more kind of insidious and hidden uh, so the, the kind of the the hidden or seeping taint of chaos rather than the kind of overly uh, overt uh, chaos infection that nurgle usually gives yeah i mean i guess all of these things you know you don't just wake up one morning and you've got you know an extra arm and pustules for our eyes and all that stuff it it has to take hold um and so you're going for kind of that early infectious stage i guess yeah well at least that was the plan and then i think um i kind of i guess i re-imagined the scope of the project slightly and wanted to because the idea was gene the cults have access to uh astromeditarium units and i thought what a great way to essentially have you know some dudes on 25 mil bases as infantry and kind of run them as whatever i want you know get away <laughs> do, do you know what i mean like you know if it's a unit of dudes on 25 mil backed up by bikes and some sporty looking guys and a few kind of ridge runny looking things then it's a gc cult army yeah um if they uh a bunch of the same dudes exactly the same models but uh using sentinels and and tanks uh then oh i suppose it technically can still be a gc cult model but you know army but, but you know maybe that was an astro military army but i think i kind of refined the scope somewhat and just said oh, do you know what i'm just going to stick to Astra Militarum, or indeed uh, Renegades and Heretics. Now, we discussed at the end of the last episode the removal of the Renegades and Heretics uh, units from the um, from the ninth edition rules. And um, much like uh, we discussed again a couple of weeks ago, we we said that, you know, for, for me personally, I would be looking to create an army that I could still use with minimal amendments in a match play environment. So not, yeah. not saying that I... I wouldn't use units that uh, are no longer in the um, in the Minotaur and Field Manual, but I think uh, certainly I'd like to kind of at least have a majority of my units kind of in 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 ninth ed modern rules. Yeah, and I think for me, <laughs> whereas I'm I'm happy to have some index uh, models in mine, and if I go to something that um, is likely to need you know only legitimate models, then I will take them out and have to replace them with something else. But I think. I think this is one of the things that crusade offers us because obviously crusade being power level we've still got power level for those old units so you know if you were really enjoying it or you're going to an event and you wanted to make you know a unit especially for that narrative event then you could add that but what you've got there is a very core you know army that is, is always going to be usable anywhere isn't it yeah absolutely and that's that's my kind of key aim is to have an, uh, an army that is usable regardless of the environment you know i can run my modern up-to-date army in a narrative setting and i can always sprinkle some legacy units in there if i wanted to if it yeah. fits with the event or the fits with the campaign um but the, the flexibility of just being able to rock up at a, a club or a tournament um if such things <laughs> exist in the future <laughs> uh then uh, then i wanted to do that so i guess to to kind of ramble back onto your original question that has left me in a position where i have gone from a kind of cult tenebrous uh, and i was i think the project was kind of i first started posting a few hashtags under kind of tenebrous rising which was the uh the kind of the initial hashtag that i was using for the army yeah and uh you know that's that kind of cult tenebrous link has now gone because i'm not using gene to the cult models uh and the renegade and heretics change has now meant that i'm focusing on astro militarum units so i guess it has kind of made me back to the drawing board a little bit and kind of work out what i want from the army and i think once i fully work out the direction i'll come up with a, a pithy sounding name yeah no, that's fine i mean background can create their description you know it doesn't have to be based on history so what um what any hobby aims for this project anything you want to challenge yourself on do something new or keep it simple what's your plan yeah, I've had a number of uh, Astro Militarum armies in the past, and actually they were the army that kind of got me back into 40k when I was, like, I don't know, 20, 21, um, you know, uh, at, at Nottingham Uni, in fact, just a mere 
minutes away from Warhammer World. Uh, what a wasted couple of years not <laughs> <laughs> not not taking advantage of that. Uh, so I only got back into Warhammer uh, in those uni days towards the back end of my degree. Uh, but I decided to kind of go in for a kind of modern military um, kind of angle. This current affairs of the time were focused on uh, you know military operations in uh, in Iraq and Afghanistan, and I kind of took that kind of desert modern warfare vibe into into master militar army or imperial guard as it was known so um quite fittingly it's actually uh, quite similar to a project that uh, that you're running really yeah yeah okay <laughs> um so you kind of like bar armor and bergens and luggage on the side and equipment yeah. and you know sand lag ladders that was all the kind of idea and, and it was nowhere near as uh, beautifully executed as yours um it was rather clumsily done but you know, I was kind of getting back into the hobby. And then fast forward a few years, I had uh, an Elysian army with, which was just mostly just flyers uh, with a handful of troops to kind of make up the minimum, uh, which was hilarious to, to play because it was actually quite terrible. It was when flyers were the big bad. And, okay. um, but I just had too many of them for it to actually be effective. So it was just bad, not the big bad. Um, so that was quite fun to paint because it was all painted up in Digicam. And I guess I wanted to uh, go for something more like my first Astro Militarum Army, which was a conversion-heavy gaming project yeah. rather than a really intense painting project. Because painting Digicam was great. The results were great, but it is quite an intense process with lots of layers of transfers and airbrushing and et cetera, et cetera. And I kind of wanted to I think I enjoy modeling and converting and kit bashing more than i enjoy painting um, i don't mind painting but especially when you're we've got an astro militarum uh you know you can you can get into kind of hoardy territory so i think one of the things i was keen to do as well was have a variety of units and different styles of units and i think because i've been focused more on the competitive nature of the list before i haven't prevented me from exploring the uh the sort of niches of the army so i've never run ogrins i don't think i've only run a handful of rattlings and stuff like that so there's lots of really cool little um you know bits of the astro militarum codex which don't necessarily see the light of day all the time and i'm keen to kind of use this project as a, as a way to explore that nice nice so what does what does the the, the finished thing look like is is it horde uh, is it mixed is there is there flyers is there tanks what, how does how does it what's the vision oh what is the vision the grand plan i think the grand plan overall is to have a combined arms ish army with a little bit a, a sort of a light mech army so sub tanks some sentinels uh, i've done a really well i think it's quite cool a really cool conversion of the new necron kind of war of the worlds walker thing um yeah stalker i think it is um uh which i'm running as a um sentinel which is the basically the legs of the uh, kind of creepy or the world's thing with yep. the body of a uh, mythic bloat drone i think it is from death guard um and that looks pretty cool uh it's got quite a weird dark mechanicus vibe so i then started uh, converting the score pack destroyers into something that i'm probably going to run as castle and robots or no 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 what the um tracked ones the um servitors yeah tracks know. you know you know the ones i mean yeah, um, yeah you know and then suddenly suddenly it's expanded into oh dark mechanicum and actually that would be quite a nice way to run uh, the 30k mechanicum that i've got if ninth edition brings you know rules for those so uh, i guess the 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 long-term future of the army is just being given that i'm now using imperium rules is basically i can run any anything i want really it's really it's the kind of the scope is it's quite wide and the possibilities are uh, not necessarily endless but um, i wouldn't i don't think i'd want to bring a, a, all of that kind of stuff into the initial project but it allows me to kind of have an army that can be changed and adapted to to kind of what i want which which i guess was really what i what the initial goal was in general but in terms of the kind of the short term and medium term project i'm, I'm looking towards building a 100 power level army of majority Astro Militarum, maybe a smattering of allies, depending on how they all work in ninth, and uh, and have a kind of mixed a mixed force, not too hoardy, not all tanks like yours, but a kind of nice mix, a nice balance. Yeah. Okay. So um, you talk about the the law that you've kind of homed in on, and that they, they are going to be renegades in, in themselves. Um, do you have any sense of where they're from, or where they're fighting, or? how they've gone what were they before they've become renegades 
Yeah, so this is something that we discussed the kind of initial shape of in a previous episode. And just to kind of remind people of, of what I'm aiming for is, is they are Cadians or survivors of the Cadia system. And I kind of want them to have fallen to chaos and committed atrocities um, because they thought it was the right thing to do or um, because they felt that, you know, in, in committing a small a small sin, they can save a greater for themselves from a greater sin, that kind of thing. And I think the the guilt and anguish that comes with that will will drive them you know, cloak further down the path of damnation, but also the the physical actions themselves uh, will will sort of result in them becoming, uh, you know, favoured by the chaos gods, or or indeed support the kind of chaos war effort in the Cadia system. So I, I see this, I see this unit as being part of the fall of Cadia, a very very small cog that tried to help but ended up uh, assisting perhaps on a on an outer planet in the Cadia system so you know they weren't on the planet when it blew up or anything like that but you know the kind of thing where down you know like maybe hospital ships take off from Cadia Cadia the main planet and fly to a, a kind of outskirt planet and on the way that's through some sort of chaos manipulation uh, the message gets through that these hospital ships are infected with with Nurgle and that they aren't to let them land and they end up shooting down the hospital ships and you know killing all these innocents or something like that or they are infested with Nurgle and they're told to not shoot them down because in, if they can reach the surface they can then be like flamed and you know destroyed and burned in situ whereas if they f- shoot them in the kind of lower atmosphere the kind of infected bodies will spread throughout the planet and the infection then reaches the planet. So, you know, which whichever way it goes, I kind of want them to be like damned if they do, damned if they don't, and they just end up yeah. being manipulated into making terrible decisions. Um, and I think, you know, I'd like that to be represented by uh, influence from all of the four Chaos Gods. So I don't want it to, you know, I've used the Nurgle example there, but I also want, uh, you know, Zinch could be the one, or Zinch actors on Zinch's behalf could be the one that is pulling the strings to manipulate the orders to ensure they don't shoot down or do shoot down, whatever, uh, you know, in the hospital ships. Nurgle is the one that's infecting the casualties. Um, Korn is the one that's encouraging them to, you know, once they take off from the planet, uh, you know, and they think it's infected, because I think that's, you know, that's the really... That's the sort of real kind of, you know, father, what have I done kind of moments that you see in films or books is is when they do something because they think a truth is is, is a fact uh, or the perceived facts is the truth rather. Um, but once they've pulled the trigger, the it transpires that it wasn't. And that's when the kind of the guilt and the misery takes over. And I think maybe that's when Slanesh comes in because Slanesh is all about excess um, and perhaps their guilt and self-pity is in itself a prideful thing because they're so arrogant to think that that you know whilst it's a, a human tragedy it's not enough to damn the whole system um but potentially that is the kind of last piece in their damnation you know they've got three out of four cheese wheels on the uh <laughs> the tri- trivial the trivial pursuit of chaos damnation <laughs> And, you know, maybe that kind of that arrogance, the kind of hubris that mistake would cost the war is is the, the fourth Slaneshi piece. You know, it's, it's a slight different kind of take on Slanesh, but um, I don't really think the whole like, um, you know, kinky uh, demon thing is, no. is, is really relevant here. No, no, not all. Not at all. Manifestations of all of the gods, you know, they have much bigger goals than just copying and paste the same type of thing. So I really love this. I think for me, what's cool is that you kind of, I'm getting a little bit, not all of it, but a little bit kind of Colonel Kurtz Apocalypse Now kind of thing going on. Yeah, I, that's not necessarily, that's not the exact kind of vibe I was going for. Like that's not, I'm, I haven't specifically been inspired by that, but it's that kind of vibe. It's that kind of, um, uh, you know, that they become lost and and they they make the decisions that they've made because of their, their warped perception. Yeah, basically, basically they will, they, they see it, is the only truth in all of this madness is to do these things which are terrible, but that's because they believe it's for you know a greater good. But it's, it's for the, the the true outcome, and that may well cost them their sanity and also their souls. 
Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And I think we've seen that kind of uh, that kind of trope be echoed in some of the Black Library uh, works of, you know, for example, like the Horus Heresy. Uh, so you know, Araman, when he tries to save the, uh, the Thousand Sons, and um, you know, even Magnus, when he goes to to see the Emperor and against the Emperor's wishes, you know, the, the, the kind of final ultimatum of whatever you do, don't do this. And he uses his, his psychic powers to kind of reach out to the uh, the Emperor, and in doing so, havoc and kind of is part again a part a cog in that kind of heresy in, in that whole process um or even you know fulgrim who kind of lets the barriers down to the demon and then realizes what he's done to you know a second too late yeah um, and that kind of regret so yeah nice. spoilers about the heresy if you're not if you're not following <laughs> um Horus was a baddie <laughs> should we have to put a bit at the front now to explain that Oh, yeah. So based on that, do you have any notable characters, any villains? Uh, I, so one question I know you and I have chatted about is, you know, have you got any, going to have any demons, any clear manifestations of chaos in the army? I think, I mean, they will be very, it'll be very obvious that it's a chaos army, um, given that the, the models I'm using are mostly the Blackstone Fortress models. Um but also, one of the things that I've got through buying multiples of the Blackstone Fortress thing is I've got lots of beastmen. Yes. Um, and this is something that I posted about on Twitter recently about, like, you know, what can I use for these? Because, you know, Blackstone Fortress dudes uh, who encade in uniform, fine. They're guardsmen. Yeah. You know, the the psychers, I can run that as a primary psyker or a weird vein psyker, fine. Uh, you know, Chaos Ogrins, forged ones or, or plastic Blackstone Fortress ones, otherwise. Yeah, it's all very self-explanatory. But beastmen, the Beastmen are on 25 mil. Uh, sorry, they're not on 25 mils. And they're on 32 mil bases. And they're armed in a kind of close combat loadout. It's just really tricky. And, it's, uh, you know, someone, Gary from the Realm Rift podcast, um, which, we'll, which, which we'll touch on later, but go go check it out, Realm Rift. Um, yeah, so Gary suggested, oh, you know, they're on 32s, you know, you're, surely you're playing in a narrative environment. Like, how often is it going to matter? And I guess he's right to a point of it's not really often going to matter, but still want to run them when it does matter. Kind of going back to my original point. Yeah. So, uh, I, yes, the kind of most obvious manifestation of chaos, apart from, you know, some, some guardsmen with some uh, sigils etched into their armor and that kind of thing, would probably be the beastmen. But it's kind of working out why what I run them as. And it's, the, it's the base size that is the challenge, isn't it? it yes, it's the base size that's challenge. And I know you can mount them on 25s. You were, got creative. But um, w- one of them is running, so his legs are quite close together. And that, that could be feasible to kind of put onto a 25. But one of them is stood, it's basically two sets. There's two pairs of legs, right? So one of them is stood kind of legs abreast across the whole width of the 32 mil base. So I guess I need to have a, a play around with a 25 mil base and maybe... Uh, you know, create a couple of like jutty out bits on the base and, and see where I can fit it in like that. But um, I, someone suggested running them as veterans, which I thought was quite cool. Yeah. Of having all my guardsmen as kind of Blackstone Fortress guardsmen, my uh, not cultists, what they called conscripts rather, as chaos cultists. So running the kind of the old Dark Vengeance uh, cultists as uh, conscripts. Yeah, yeah. And then maybe running the beastmen as uh, as veterans now. Yeah, it doesn't overcome the fact that they've got chainsword and bolt pistol or chainsword and auto pistol. It would need some some quite cheeky conversion work. But then I did say at the beginning of this podcast that I wanted an army with lots of conversions in it. So maybe that's the route I go. Um, if I can't do that, then I guess I could, you know, if if I then if I'm able to run it as a chaos army at some point with I don't know maybe you know renegade militia rules if they come out in the future. And I could maybe ally in Zangor and run them as Zangor with a some thousand sons, but then it's kind of that's kind of like what if and what if. So uh, that's the kind of the best, most obvious manifestation of chaos will be the beastmen. I just haven't quite worked out how I'm going to run them. Right. Okay, no, 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 that's cool. And I think you're right when you, you you talk about the units that you've got there. Altogether, they will add up to being chaos renegades, won't they? They, they you know. It's not just a different coloured helmet on a KDM model. Where they, they, they've all got loads of character in them. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, like, I'm having really loads of fun converting up them to be slightly different because the, the problem with having, I think there's eight or twelve or sixteen or something like that. I can't remember. <laughs> I've just got piles of them. Um, there's there's only so many models 
I think there's like 12 of them and there's six um, six variants of the model. You get two du- two duplicates per set and I've got like a, a half dozen sets or so. <laughs> so um, I've got enough for a fairly decent infantry contingent, yeah. but I don't want to have, you know, eight of the same model across my army, especially in a squad of 10. Yeah. So it's, um, whilst some of them have uh, kind of cl- close combat weapon and, and pistol armament, I, I do want the majority of them, which I'm going to be sprinkling into the squads, but I do want the majority of them to be lasgun wielding guardsmen because i i'll start i kind of accept that a couple of here or there with a with a stub pistol and a you know, chainsaw would look cool for variation I, I do want it to be as WYSIWYG as possible for for the reasons i alluded to earlier um and I, and the sergeant someone again someone said oh just run them as sergeants but like there is a sergeant model yeah in uh, in the Blackstone Fortress kit, um, which is a very cool model, and he's got like a big trophy rack on his back, and I think I'll just use those as the squad sergeant because it's very obviously a sergeant model because he's a bit he's got a bit bulkier of of stature. Yeah. So I'm having loads of fun converting them, and actually, um, one of the things I was doing was converting them to be the second crew member on heavy weapon squads. Yeah, yeah. So I've even like trimmed down some of the sergeants' kind of trophy racks and have them like carry some auto cannon ammo instead of carrying a chainsaw um and it's just yeah it's i'm really enjoying that because it's it doesn't it's not really that much work uh, but it's just i'm enjoying kind of coming up with lots of different ways to make the same model look different yeah no because there's so much character in them but they are um if i remember rightly they, they, they're still pretty push fit aren't they there's not a lot i mean they're, they're kind of modern push fit which is they look like incredibly dynamic detailed models but um they're still you know they're still push they're still sort of easy to build versions. yeah they're like t- two um, parts which you look at them and you, you go, parts, they'll yeah. never go together but yeah. if you get them lined up and give them that magical last twist of four degrees suddenly they fit together perfectly don't they yeah absolutely but that, you know, that in itself can present a problem and is, is a is a problem with a you know it's a, it's a nice problem to have isn't it having all these beautiful miniatures but uh, is a problem in itself of uh, games workshop's current design strategy is that all these wonderful models are essentially single pose kits you don't you don't get the modularity of let's say like the cadian infantry squad that you used to because instead of having a flat arm joint that connects to a left arm and the left arm connects to the flat hand joint on the las gun and that kind of thing (laughs) i know that song (laughs) (laughs) Um, you've got like half a shoulder connected to half a head yes it's like the back third of a torso and that as you say like twists into a and suddenly you're faced with a complete model and you're kind of like well how do i clip this yeah you almost have to assemble them completely and then chop them up yeah because if you don't assemble them properly it kind of almost it, it, it could fall apart and you just you have to like really jigsaw it together yeah no, they're, they're great, and uh, yes, they are a challenge. But yeah, I think the, f- the fact that um, by the time you, you you've got them in squads and you've got them swapped and checked out, I think I think they'll look great. I think they're, they're strong. I don't think I've really seen anyone use them in that way either. So, so who's going to lead these guys? What's your plan for the leadership? So this is something that I I kind of had to decide quite early on because I wanted my leader to be in the first twenty five power level. Yep. And uh, I wasn't quite certain because I had an idea that perhaps they were led by some form of Astartes, and that didn't kind of work with the whole Astromanitarum thing. And so I wanted someone that could be used as a something to sink points into. Because chaos can be, especially the kind of leaders, chaos is kind of inherently selfish. They're after, they're after power, they're after you know, individual goals of, of gaining demonhood or, or whatever it might be, it's it's a kind of inherently selfish thing. Uh, and I like to think that, you know, maybe the guards, the kind of at the troops level, are doing it, you know, they're dedicating their lives to chaos, you know, because, well, the thing is, they're not. They're not even dedicating their lives to chaos. They're, they just happen to be renegades and have fallen to chaos. So they're still fighting for, for something. Yeah. Uh, they're just in the kind of wrong side of the tracks. Whereas I like to think that maybe the kind of leadership have, have embraced chaos more and are kind of these kind of selfish uh, people. So I think that I'd like to put, you know, some, some requisition points into these characters, you know, give them a relic, you know, upgrade them with the strategy and that kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, so I've, I was kind of weighing up is do I want a a kind of psychic leader or do I want a a, a kind of fight? A, do I want a warrior or a scholar? Okay. Yeah, um, yeah. I guess there isn't really that much of a warrior. It's not, you know, you know, if you look at Space Marines, you go, do I go for the chapter master 
with a Thunderhammer and Storm Shield. There isn't really that model in the guard range. You know, if you want to go for a big, big bad HQ, it's probably a tank commander. And that wasn't really the vibe I was going for. So I ended up with a Lord Commissar. Okay. I thought the A, there's a, a wonderful kind of uh rogue commissar from Blackstone Fortress, yeah. which is really cool. Um, but also there's a a cool like a similarity between the ruthlessness and discipline of maybe a renegade leader who the commissar's rules about kind of execution and bravery and you know the lord commissar inspires people with his presence yep. but a perhaps that inspiration is fear instead right yeah, so yeah. Kind of, he threatens them to be brave because of fear rather than inspiration yeah so i kind of liked that vibe so i went for lord commissar and also he's probably the fightiest um character out there yeah yeah, yeah, that makes sense. I'd like to, I'd like to invest some requisition points or or stress gems into making him maybe slightly more robust. So he's already got an invulnerable save, but if I could do anything to kind of make him tankier, I, I will be doing that. Yeah, okay. But I want him to be able to kind of, I want him to be like the hero or or anti-hero of the army. You know, being able to kind of stride into a fight and and kind of stand toe to toe with a with a loyal loyalist Astartes and and hack him down with a with a power sword or something. <laughs> yeah. No. Nice. Like it, like it. So, where are you right now? Um, what's your what's your starting point? Should we do your list, and then we can go on about what else you plans? Yeah, absolutely. So, twenty five power level. Yep. First up is a Lord Commissar who costs four power, um, and uh, it's worth pointing out though at this point, though at this point, uh, point points joke. Um, it's worth uh, powering out at this power uh, that we are expecting power level changes soon an update to power level. So Games Workshop have spoken about wanting to update the power level um, as of when we'll see those. I'm not, not 100% sure. I can't remember whether they've said it's, it's going to be in when, you know, when the codex has come out, they'll be refreshing power levels or whether when the app comes out in, you know, they're doing like the staged app thing for yep. the uh, slightly kind of rocky app release that we've had. Yeah. Uh, I can't remember whether they've said they're going to do power level updates in a couple of weeks. But um, this is the kind of draft 25 power um, obviously, both Steve's and my list are subjects change. Steve clearly needs to change the city wakers. Um, he tried to fit too many ogrins into a chimera. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, so this is kind of where it is right now in kind of the 7th of August. So Lord Commissar, four power. Yep. And uh, then, you know, to kind of be the, the yin to the yang or the yang to the yin of the Lord Commissar, I took a primary psyker. Okay. So again, lots of psyker models with the, the batches of Blackstone Fortress that I've got, but I saw those actually as weird ve- uh, weird vein psychers, yes. um, kind of floaty dudes, kind of the battery of psychic mooks. Uh, so they're going to be my three weird veins, uh, but that the kind of like little psychic contingent is going to be headed up by a, a primary psyker. So that's another two power level for what, him. Got a model and... planned for that? Oh, yes. So there is the... Uh, female Primera Psyker at the, surprise, surprise, Blackstone Fortress expansion kit. Um, <laughs> let me see if I can look her up. Her name's like Anaris or something. Aradia Medellin. She okay. is the um, Primera Psyker with a kind of outstretched hand, flowing cloak, and a big psychic hood. Um, the issue is that um, the staff is, I mean, it's really not an issue, is it? Uh, the issue, the staff is headed up with a, um, a an Imperial Eagle. Uh, so I, I will change the staff to something appropriately chaosy. And uh, I think I looked, thought about maybe changing the head to something, but actually it's a really cool head. Yeah. You know, she's bald, she's got like plugs coming into her forehead and stuff. So um, I think I'll just keep the, the model very similar and just change the staff topper to be something chaotic. Nice. No, that sounds great. Okay, so that's your number two. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, Commissar 4, Primary Psyker 2, uh, and then, as I said, three Weird Vein Psychers for her to kind of to c- cajole into battle. Yep. Uh, so for another one. So we're on seven power. Yeah, so from there, so for the final kind of 12 power that I had left, I wanted to, well, I wanted to get in that Sentinel that I'd built, the converted. So that's another three power. Um, I'd built a few heavy weapon squads just for a bit of punch. So that's another three power there. And then to wrap it all up, uh, I went for something a little bit odd. I went for a Hades Breaching Drill Squadron. Nice. So six power, and that comes with the drill themselves and and veterans with shotguns. And like they can take uh, like explosive briefcases, whatever they're called. It's a demolition charges. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
slightly less aggressive sounding. What's that? What have you brought into battle? Uh, I brought my demolition charge. What have you got? Oh, I've got my explodey briefcase. More room for sandwiches yeah, in the briefcase. Huh? Absolutely. Yeah. So, so I'm thinking maybe these will be my beastmen. Yeah. Under, you know, they'll be tunneling underground in a Hades breaching drill. Jump out. And I think you can give them combat weapons as well. Um, or at least I hope you can. Yeah. Can't remember. A long time since I've looked at the uh, rules for those guys, but they always seem cool. Especially, yeah, very especially cool. Especially with the gas grenades, if they still got those, I don't know if they do. Oh, who knows? I just like the um, I just like the Hades model. It's just really cool. Yeah, had some for my Krieg army left over. Um, so I thought, why not? Yeah, it kind of fits. It's not so yeah, it's not so Kriegy that it wouldn't fit in a Astra Militarum army. Whereas, like something like uh, if you use Death Rider models as Death Riders, then they're very Kriegy and they yeah. might stand out. But actually, I have a, I have a cunning plan for Death Riders in the future. Uh... Okay. Okay. So that shapes out your uh, twenty-five power. Yeah, yeah, that's good. It seems very. It's got a bit of speed. It's it's got some surprises in the drill, and you've got some bodies to hold objectives. Yeah, I wanted it to be fairly um, rounded. Okay. A nice kind of base to get to go from. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think can support it. So talking to support, what you got? What are your plans for the heavy weapon squads? Uh, I went. I've gone for three auto cannons just because I love auto cannons. I think they're very generalist and uh, just good for most things. Yeah, yeah. No, that, that fits the force. That sounds good. So, where are you with? Have you got all of your models ready to go? Are you? Do you need to find anything new? So, I need to f- uh, buy or find a model for the Lord Commissar. Um, I don't think I've got the Blackstone Fortress expansion uh, with him, and the I think it comes with a, an ogre. Oh, okay. Um, so. Uh, that will be quite cool because I would like to have Ogrins in the army in the future because I've got some of the four-drawed ones. Uh, so if I can find that set, that would be good. Uh, the only problem is uh, Blackstone Fortress sets, oh, some of them are out of stock and they go for crazy money online. Right. Because they're, I think they're kind of like, they were a limited runs thing, some of them, or Games Watch haven't announced that they're replacing them. And you know what sort of second-hand what market can be like for these things. Yeah, yeah, tricky. So if you going to kick off with your first bunch of battles with these what sort of um scenarios what sort of stories do you want to start telling with them with their first kind of outings so i think i've got a fairly not a gun line per se but i think you know with heavy weapon squads a couple of infantry squads each with a heavy weapon in them um i think i've got a fairly kind of nice home base there and then with the sentinel scouts a scout sentinel rather and the hades breaching drill with their kind of little uh you know fast punch so i think it would be quite cool to have run a kind of defensive battle yep. um said maybe i could do something like a more narrative battle about like maybe i could do like an early battle where they're shooting down the kind of uh the convoy ships the hostile ships that are coming in so again that would be quite cool as well yeah yeah absolutely that sounds cool so plans then around things like have you been thinking about how the new rules um will work have you got stratagems in mind for how this will kind of come to life on the table uh do you know what no i haven't and i I specifically chose not to look at all the kind of psychic awakening stuff for guard uh when building this because i wanted to build something so vanilla just purely based on models that i wanted to use the models that i had because i think you can go so far into kind of looking what stratagems this and what's that and I just wanted to be like, right, what, what do I want the army to look and feel like? And then I'm going to have a look at kind of putting flavor on top once I've got the army done. Because also, I think I'll inevitably play like a couple of starter games, um, then maybe spend some. I, I'm going to have to spend some requisition points anyway, because otherwise you lose it if you don't spend it. Yeah. Uh, at least one of it. So, you know, that's, that's obviously a relic for the Commissar at some point. But I think because I don't have the model for the Commissar, I didn't want to pick, you know, like a Power Fist relic in case I don't end up with one with a power fist so i kind of wanted to assemble the whole army and um as i'm assembling it maybe something will, like for example the um the scout sentinel has been assembled using the the bloat drone so the weapon it's got is the kind of weird little nozzle gun that the the death guard have yeah. so actually that does that give me an option to that now suddenly an armored sentinel not a scout sentinel because it's got a kind of las gunny las cannony looking thing or is there a is there a kind of to the auto cannon for a sentinel that you can run with a stratagem so you, you kind of like you explore these things as you build it or certainly i do and i didn't want to set myself an unbuilt target of like you know i'm gonna give my commissar this power fist upgrade because it's the best thing ever and be like right well that's 
basically means I've got to find out this console model and the one I really want is this Blackstone Fortress one. Oh, look, it's like £100 on eBay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, I think if you've got a bit of everything in your army, then there will be a stratagem for everything because there usually is, isn't there? Yeah, no, I think that's fair. Yeah, and then and the stratagems will actually be what you what you pull out for the the story and the battle conditions that you're fighting there and then. So, so yeah, no, I think, I think that's cool. Cool. Got now, obviously um, you are a terrain collecting maniac, (laughs) but do you see making any terrains specifically for these guys, some defenses or, um, or yeah. So do you know what? I have the bleeding uh, skulls from the age of Sigma endless spell collection. So if you're not familiar, they're called hex gorgeous skulls, I believe. And uh, they're like a pair of floaty skulls with blood pouring out their eyes and splashing onto the ground. And they kind of suspend themselves by this pouring blood. Um, so I'd actually quite like to use one of those as like some sort of a shrine. Wow. Okay. And, um, maybe kind of hollow out part of a, uh, you know, like the, the, the Stormcast Shattered Dominion, not Shattered Dominion, the kind of a, the, temp, the Stormcast Temple thing. Yes. Uh, for Sigmar. Maybe like hollow out some of that, the, the, one of the circular bits in the middle, and then lower it down, and then plastic card. It's, it's, it's a big job. Um, and then like have that as like a pool, fill that up with um, uh, like red kind of liquid effect, nice. and then with these skulls coming into it. So the skulls look like they're, a, it's a floating skull raining blood into a, a depressed pool. Dude, that's so cool. I mean, especially if you've got those psychers around it as well, that are all floating exactly. with their, on exactly. their chains. They're, okay, that, that's, that's getting nice and creepy now. I like it. Yeah. And that's the kind of, that's because the army itself is going to be relatively like likely chaos, diet chaos, if you will. <laughs> Half um, the calories. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I don't, I think if I can make a, a scenery or a shrine that's kind of brutally chaos, like, you know, heavy metal chaos, then, <laughs> you know, floaty skulls bleeding from the eyes is pretty heavy metal, isn't it? Yeah. Um, so I'd like to bring that in there so that whilst the army itself is kind of chaos light, it's kind of the, the severity of their fall is represented more kind of deeply by the environment they're operating. Yeah, yeah. No, that that, that makes perfect sense. And the, 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 the Lord Commissar is, uh, he, he, he's going to be a proper evil, you know, so-and-so. Yeah. He, he's actually, if anything, he's the one driving them on They but they're following his orders. They're not following the orders of the gods. They don't really see the gods as a, no. as, a as, as part I guess of their he's, life. He's the one that fell first. Yes. You know, it's, it's all kind of the leadership has become corrupt and tainted and has dragged the unit with them. And I think that's, um, you Know, potentially a uh, a modern day metaphor for how <laughs> you know, terrible leadership can well in, in at any level whether you know without wanting to get too serious into things i think leadership in any institution is really important and bad leaders can do awful things for organizations and it actually good leaders can have a huge amount of difference and i think um we we all remember you know bosses and stuff that we've had in the past that were brilliant. We all remember bosses that we've had in the past who who were less brilliant. And I think um, this is a great example of how like a toxic leader can uh, have a damning effect on a uh, in this case a, a tabletop military unit. Yeah. No. Uh, again, you know, with all good fan- fantasy and science fiction, you need a certain amount of logic to make the madness work. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> So before we just talk about Crusade in detail then, um, what are your plans for expanding this? Are you going to make it all at once or are you going to make your 25 and then another 25? I'm definitely going to make my 25. Um, I have, um, I, I'd probably need to write a, a, a 50 um, yeah. quite soon because I've, t- I've um, taken part into uh, Matt Lanz's uh, Neltherian schism rather. Um, so uh, Matt runs a podcast called Pro Painter Podcast, which has traditionally uh, been focused very much on Age Sigma. Uh, but with the release of Ninth, he's um, also started to produce 40k content. And uh, one of the things he and I were discussing was, um, he, you know, he, he started up this thing, a little narrative group called the Nelfarian Schism, which is a, a bunch of players uh, building some a crusade force. And um, I suggested, hey, like, why don't you get, get on board with the Keep Calm Crusade on and kind of People can then, you know, rather than just being a little local WhatsApp group, people can share their stuff on Twitter or Instagram and then, you know, share it with the rest of the world with this kind of crusade tag. Yeah. Um, so I thought that would be quite cool. Um, 
and he the kind of first thing that he said was everyone's doing a 50 power thing so i do need to make a um a, a 25 list soon to aim towards but i wanted to write the the uh, sorry 50 list soon rather to aim towards but i wanted to write the first 25 in isolation so that i could just work towards yeah them. you it's it's, it, it's a really challenging level isn't it because you can easily put together 25 but will they actually work as a unit will they look like they would operate on their own on the tabletop no you have to you do have to it's quite a good challenge i think to to be able to do that yeah i think um like i would like to bring some bigger toys in and i would also like the the kind of the, the descent into you know damnation to be represented with the, the tw- each each section of the 25 building up to 100 so one of the things i'd like to include is some like quad mortars or or mortars maybe looking at using you know the idea that they're using like phosphex bombs or like you know stuff that's virus ammunition you know that oh, kind of stuff so yeah, really yeah. nasty stuff yeah yeah um or i've got a malkador in furnace as well so it can also i think they could have like viral ammo or like poison ammo of some type yeah yeah uh, you know even if they're just using flame ammo you know like burning someone to death is pretty pretty horrible um so i like the idea that as the force grows the the taint grows with them and they start using more weapons that are of kind of mass destruction and, and kind of like the unleashing the brutal arsenal that the 41st millennium offers so in my mind that kind of includes you know indirect fire with kind of banned munitions that the Imperium wouldn't necessarily use. Um, and, uh, you know, big stompy, flamey tank, not stompy, big flamey tanks. Nice. Yeah, yeah. No, it sounds good. Sounds good. And obviously, like, adding a few more few more guardsmen units and uh, a few, you know, bolster up a Psyker squad. I'd like definitely like that little choir of Psykers to be, nine, you know, a full squad of nine so that the uh, Amira Psyker can, like, cruise around with a bunch of uh, floaty Advanced Psykers because it's quite a chaosy thing yeah no 100 percent. yeah definitely love it so when it comes to crusade how are you going to reward your units how are you going to be able to use those all those cool mechanics that we get with crusade into the narrative of what you're doing so i think um the it's going to be focused on the characters you know, as i say chaos is the chaos armies are all about the characters for me uh, and i would like to essentially buff my characters as much as possible so whether it's giving my elf sorcerer type person the uh the primary psycho whether it's giving her more more spells to choose from or casting on a you know whatever way giving her a relic that allows her to cast better or you know, making my lord commissar hittier sturdier whatever that's kind of the way i'm going to be going in the first instance nice are you going to bring any more characters in you talked about oh definitely group yeah de- absolutely that. Yeah, um, I'd like to get some Chaos Ogrins in, and I think they'll, they would be, they're just kind of Chaos Ogrins. There's nothing, you know, they're not like kind of brutal. Maybe they'll, they'll be in the kind of the 25 to 50, and, and I'll save the kind of Macarius Vulcan, uh, Vulcan? Uh, Infernus, whatever it's called, uh, for the, the, 70, uh, the 50 to 75. So, um, yeah, definitely some, some, some Ogrins, who, not necessarily character Ogrins, but, you know, normal Ogrins. Yep. Uh, and... I, I would like to include some characters, some more characters. I think a company commander would be quite a cool kind of you know, military deputy to the Lord Commissar. If um, the Lord Commissar is the architect of it all, and to have a kind of military side in a company commander and a sorcerer side in the uh, primary psycho would be quite quite cool. But I think at that point, you're kind of like running out per se. Uh, it's not... You've got a lot of things in there, but if you take out all the special characters, and then you take out a tank commander, you're not really left. With, you've only got a company commander, com- Lord Commissar, a primary psyker, and a Tempesta Prime. I don't really think the Tempestal Prime fits. No. Um, because I'm not I'm not running any Tempestals. No. Um, Tempesta Science, whatever. So, yeah, no, I think I'd add in a company commander and, and really leave it there. Um, I, where I see more scope for characters, if I'm honest, is in allies so if i can ally in space marine or space marine or something but obviously it would have to be a, a space marine space marine because um because uh, i'm using astro militarum list yeah but that's when it gets really messy because it goes from again going back to that original ethos of the army is that i want this to be an obviously astro militarum army so i think the only thing that isn't obvious what it is in first at first look is probably the sentinel 
Um, but ogrins are ogrins, right? Dude to the las guns are guardsmen. Like, is the jump out of a Hades drill are obviously veterans. You know, it's it's really you know a, a battery of weak-looking, feeble psychers is clearly a bunch of weird veins. Yeah. Um, so I really want this to be obvious what it is. And I think when you start adding, oh, actually, this is my allied or another detachment of uh, space marines who look like chaos space marines, but I'm actually using imperial space marines rules because this unit of renegade guard is actually imperial guard. And then it's just like a bit of a mind fuzz for people, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, I, I think, yeah, if you if you take it to you know more competitive but if if you were at a narrative event your narrative absolutely demands that they would be chaos marines and use chaos marine rules you know and and the same you know chaos characters would make perfect sense in there as well you know whether they've whether they've crawled out of the sacrificial pool or whether you know they've you've done enough work to draw the attention uh, you know of a chaos legion that we're going to come and you know fight alongside you then I would have absolutely yeah. zero problem with that. Yeah, I know what you mean. I think in a narrative, like again, even if it's like this is just a one character person, uh, you know, one a one space marine captain who's acting as a, a chaos lord. Um, that that I guess that could be quite cool in a narrative setting. But um, or, or even down to so so even down to there is a um, an elite chaos terminator squad assassination squad, and um, they're going to do this strike on this. Um, well-defended location. Well, they can't just go in on their own because no one really knows this location well enough. But your army used to be based there until you've got overrun and you've pulled back. Well, who's Chaos going to turn to? It's like, right, Dan, your Lord Commissar is being charged with escorting these people and make sure they get in through the back door or they they know the weakest part of the line to break through. So Yeah, now I, I really like that in terms of like the Lord Commissars approached by, you know, one of his chaos, you know, links, whatever. Yeah. Um, or the or the, the primary psyker presents a vision to the Lord Commissar as a message and he agrees to support the the kind of these uh, the the masters. Yeah. And his crew are still kind of like coming to terms with what's happened. And his, 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 you know, the boss is like, oh, we're going to we're going to support uh, these dudes that are going to come and help us. And they're like, OK, fine, whatever. And then the dudes rock up and they happen to be like horrible, massive, grizzly, <laughs> you know, veterans of the long war. And they're like, like vomiting. They're like, oh, God, you know, I can't stand the taint. Uh, but at the same time, like, you know, what what on earth going on? Like, why have we I, I, again, it ties in with some of the stuff about if you read about the word bearers during the, the heresy of like, what are we doing fighting alongside these demon infested Galvor back? Uh, and I think like, you know, the kind of blind fanatical faith that the Imperium has, I think that would, I guess, once that faith is broken, blind fanaticism has to go somewhere. That kind of energy needs to be pointed in the right direction. You know, either they have a complete breakdown, don't know what's going on, or they pour that dedication, that, that faith into chaos. Yeah, I, I, for me, in some ways, I see it that the Lord Commissar has either, you know, got this unit out of trouble so many times or got them, they, they're, their belief in him is so much that they believe everything he says because he's always looked after them. He's always got them through things. He's always made sure they survived. If he says the right thing to do is to fight alongside this very questionable group of, like you say, eight-foot scary demon men, then it, there's a reason. They just say there is a reason, and it, it yeah. the outcome means that it's okay to do this. In the same way, we slaughtered whatever because it was – for the bigger goals you've got to think bigger than just what's in front of you right now yeah and i really like that kind of they they know it's wrong and they disagree with it but like yeah, sure it's wrong but they're only doing it because the bosses the lord commissar is telling them to do it and the lord commissar must have their own reasons and yes it might appear to be wrong but like surely this is there's a justification there must be something even worse that we're trying to avoid doing and yeah. i think that's that's where where it starts initially um and maybe that vibe is carries on throughout as well but it, i think initially the lord commissar was genuinely making difficult decisions and getting things wrong and 
the the troops may be like oh goodness gracious what have we done uh, well at least it was you know for the for the, the greater good it's but we're part of a bigger picture and yes. now the lord commissar has completely fallen and is using that faith of his 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 unit to kind of to basically you know expose himself more to the powers of chaos you know rise in, in infamy and ultimately maybe end up you know maybe he wants to become a kind of a demon prince or something um which actually steve <laughs> be a great way to start my next force okay so maybe i've just had this idea maybe once their fall to damnation is complete perhaps the lord commissar ascends to demonhood yeah. he is the first demon in a demon crusade army in a mixed chaos army i mean how's that for a story yeah. how's that for a, a redemption arc yeah i love it and obviously yeah. the sorceress or the psychic comes with him yeah, absolutely and what does that mean and then you know corruptions of even if there's corruptions or reflections of some of the other units that come across as well you know I can even still use the troops as cultists. Yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. Because yeah. he, he wouldn't, he wouldn't give them all the power. It's all about him gaining the power. So there we go. Boom. That's Excellent. Next crusade. What? Although I've got to do my orcs as well at some point. So <laughs> who knows? Who knows? Just an idea. So I think I think on that bombshell, I think that sounds pretty cool. Kickoff for your um, crusade army, mate. Yeah, I'm really excited. I would go back upstairs to to make some more, but it's like a small oven in there. <laughs> glue will take forever. Everything's melting. Yeah, so if you want to if you want to follow some of my progress on this army, you can. Uh, well, I'll be retweeting it from the podcast account as well. But my personal account is at DangerMouse four two five. And if you want to get hold of Steve's uh, some pictures of Steve's Talon, which you're making some fairly good progress on, aren't you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pushing on with those. Small delay. Well, I realised I didn't have enough decal numbers, but that's been sorted. But you can uh crisis yeah, yeah. <laughs> just you end up with the process and you can't go any further it's like oh no i've made four or five days before they get here but they're all right they're here now uh but uh yes if you want to see my progress on those you can get me on twitter and i'm at tin racer steve fantastic uh most importantly the podcast is at aoti 40k on instagram facebook and twitter you can also leave us a voice message. If you want to te- leave us a little story about your crusade army, you can head to anchor.fm forward slash AOTI 40K and leave us a cheeky voice message. We'd love to hear what projects you're working on. Or as you could also email us on ashesoftheimperium at gmail.com. However, before we disappear, I also want to do a quick shout out to our friends at Realm Rift. So you may remember uh, Gary and team from the Triumvirate podcast. So it started out with uh, Tom Hewitt, Garris, Gary Hennessy, and uh, Andy Talbot, as well as Chris Tomlin. Uh, and now it's just just uh, Tom, Gary, and Andy now, as, as Chris is concentrating on his uh, miniature painting, Blackstone miniature painting. Check them out on Instagram. Uh, but Realm Rift, they are at Realm underscore Rift on Twitter. Uh, they've also recently uh, had their new podcast feed available on itunes as well so please go and check them out they are a really cool bunch of guys uh like so much hobby enthusiasm as well um it's like uh it's like having a kind of little hobby group in your head sometimes i, I listen to them when i go on dog walks uh, it's just really funny like hearing them here here they're up to their antics tom is very like me in terms of constantly looking at new projects and uh gary's love for imperial fish he loves loves painting yellow go and check them out really cool podcast uh, and we're excited to see the guys back on the scene yeah absolutely uh, not only are they doing podcasts but they're also doing uh, blogs art blog articles and uh, youtube videos as well fantastic all right so don't forget to use the hashtag calm and crusade on if you want to uh, make sure you're kind of taking part in the the global crusade narrative uh, hashtag as well so all that remains is to wish you happy hobbying cheers everyone